Hey, we should start doing the show. <laughs> God damn it! I can't. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we provide the internet with the life hacks they demand. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff. I'm Louisa Heron. Jeff, you're you're shaving your introduction down by the syllable. Eventually, it's just going to be ja. That. <laughs> like, just a, <laughs> a wordless yeah. sound. Yeah. That's pretty good. You could, I mean, I feel like just grunting to introduce yourself is getting into, like, redneck comedy tour territory a little bit. What is that thing called? Blue collar. blue collar comedy tour. It's weird it's that the they opposite have red of a redneck and blue collar, huh? <laughs> they you should put be a blue redneck collar. Blue collar. <laughs> you put a blue collar over a redneck uh, for yeah. contrast. Redneck blue collar sounds like a failed dating app for like conservatives. It sounds like a, a parody of a Dr. Seuss book. Hmm. Okay. Also for conservatives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One that has no point or plot, and it's just like, see? Liberals? At the end. That's it. Yeah. Is Dr. Seuss for conservatives just because they did that thing where they were mad that the racist ones got blocked? Is that why now that's a conservative thing? I don't think Dr. Seuss is for conservatives. I thought you just said it was. No, I'm saying that this parody- just this one book is? This parody oh, okay, of it, it would be targeted at Because I think audience. Dr. Seuss might be for conservatives because it's very stupid and bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I you, hate, that. you hate whimsy. We all know. It's not even that I hate whimsy. I just, like... It's mostly I that you can't hate believe... whimsy. I mean, I do hate whimsy, <laughs> whimsy, but also, I just can't believe that anyone thinks it's good if you just wrote a children's book where you made up half the words. It's Especially because it's rhyming. And part of the joy of hearing a poem that rhymes is like, oh, wow, here comes the word that rhymes with that other word. I didn't see it coming. This is so clever. But if it's just a made up word, there's nothing clever about it. Correct. That's fine. My favorite video game is all a bunch of made up words that don't rhyme. So. Mm-hmm. Pokemon? Yeah. Elite Beat okay. Agents. Oh. Yeah, no, it was Elite Beat Agents. You're right. Yeah. I don't know why that's the video game that popped into my head when I was trying to think of an obscure game, but that's what I, that's what I got. It's a pretty obscure game, so it makes yeah, sense. I remember that one. It's yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> that's what I was going for. It's one of those weird ones where Nintendo could have just like translated it and released it, but they put a ton of effort into localizing it to like make it not feel Japanese anymore. Mm. I don't like. I don't get that. Did it have like a lot of alcohol references or something in the Japanese version? No, it was just like a totally different game where the elite beat agents are like they're not secret agents. They're like kind of school, uh, like boys' school uniform wearing uh, cheerleaders that hype people up. Yeah. Um, and like it had a whole different soundtrack and obviously. I just remembered. Sorry. No, it's okay. Go ahead. I just remember, like, the most egregious example of, uh, like, localizing, ruining the flavor of a game when I played Chrono Trigger, and there's that scene where everyone's sitting around drinking out of mugs, and there's a drinking contest going on. Oh, no. And then when you go up to the table, they're like, it's yes, no- we're all having a contest to, to see who can drink the most soup. Yeah. <laughs> oh, soup, that's right. I forgot. What? What? <laughs> you can't do that. At least in the like the Game Boy remake, they changed it to soda, which I guess is better. But the first, <laughs> the first time they were like, ah, soup. That that makes sense, I guess. Can I just say grog? No one knows what grog is. 
Yeah, but it is al- alcohol. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Chrono Trigger, did you guys play that demo for Sea of Stars? No. no. Not yet. After you guys pointed out that you thought I would like it, I went and played the demo and found it enjoyable. That's good. Did you, have you played Chained Echoes yet, Jeff? No, I don't even know what that is. Oh, I thought you would have heard of that. It's uh, it's an indie... Not that indie. I don't actually know if it's indie or not, but mm. it's on uh, Game Pass, I think, and it, I played a little bit of it. It's very Chrono Trigger feeling, and it's pretty good. Where does Sea of Stars come out? That's I, I kind of want to wait and just play it. August, I, I think. Hmm, okay. Yeah, it's, it's sometime around then. I played the demo, and it's very funny, because there's, like, some stuff has been, like, redacted for spoilers. Mm. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. And, like... We buried Jimmy Hoffa's body in... <laughs> Because, like, a part of the dialogue that is, uh, just in brackets says, uh, this part was, is, uh, censored for spoilers. <laughs> this character died on the way back to their home planet. Yep. Yep. Censored for adult content. Gross. <clears throat> um, anyway, Jeff, you should play Chained Echoes if you haven't. Yeah, maybe. I've been kind of feeling the RPG itch. I think I want to finish Dragon Quest Eleven first, though. Oh god, that's a good game. When is fucking Dragon Quest Twelve coming out? They've released forty versions of Eleven. Did they announce Dragon? I think they announced Dragon yes, Quest. Yes, they, right? they have announced it, but they have haven't they... said when it's coming out yet. It's called like the F- Flames Fire of Fate. Yeah, there it is, Flames <laughs> of Fate. They still have never released Dragon Quest Ten outside of Japan. That's weird. Yeah, I played a version of it that was like fan localized or whatever, and it's bad. <laughs> I only played 11 two years ago, but didn't it come out like five years ago? Yeah, it's old. Mm. Yeah, I think it's even older than five years. I think it came out in like 2016 or something. Man. Let's find out. Dragon Quest (laughs) 11. You think of that being the most popular game series in the world or in Japan? or I'm not sure the details, but extremely popular. You think they would uh, get on making more of them? Um, July 29th, 2017. Hmm. So, yeah, almost exactly five years ago. That's mm, this crazy. Very night. That's good, I think, though, to, like... To, Take your time and do a good job. Yeah, exactly. To, like, I really am focus that, on making it ni- a nice experience. I am worried that they've been focusing so much on re-releasing Eleven over and over and over <laughs> again yeah. that they haven't been doing that. They did a very good job, though, I thought, with... Um, voice casting like they clearly spent a lot of money because yeah. most video games most things with a voice with a voiceover cast they hire like two or three quite talented people just to do all the voices but for this one they had um the right kind of accents for the parts of europe that they intended you to understand the characters were from even though it's not europe and originally in japanese i'm sure they didn't try to do those accents you know yeah yeah, yeah. it's interesting very complicated uh, like your friend um, uh, speaks, you know, fluent English, but has a, a trace of an accent that's kind of hard to place, and it does seem a bit Scandinavian. And then you find out where he's from is actually kind of Scandinavian equivalent, and the voice actor is a person from Iceland. So that was pretty clever. Yeah, I I liked discovering that because when I first started hearing that character speak, I'm like, this is a British person who doesn't know how to do a Brooklyn accent. <laughs> Uh, Uh, For the listener, I want to say real quick, I know Iceland is not Scandinavian, but (laughs) a lot of the same uh, cultural things are involved. I don't know what counts as Scandinavia. It does make me a little bit worried for this upcoming spin-off game with that character that, like... Mm -hmm. 
I found his voice to be pretty annoying in the uh, in the original. <clears throat> yeah, his voice no? is annoying. That's true. I wonder if it'll be yeah, different because he's younger it. in the the prequel. I guess spin yeah, off Treasures. Prequel. It's called right. I think it's yeah, out. I can't. Is it out? I don't think it's out yet. Hmm. I don't remember. I thought it was. I don't think it comes out until later this year. Yeah, maybe. Um, Yeah, I'm really... I've been so underwhelmed by every Dragon Quest spinoff. Yeah, it is out. I can't imagine. Came out December. Really? Yeah. See, that's how bad it was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard anybody talking about it. It's uh, supposedly by the, like, it was directed by the guy who made the beloved but uh, extremely unknown... Uh, Dragon Quest Monsters Joker games for the DS. Oh, yes. Yep. Hmm. Those would be good ones to come out on the Virtual Console. All those weird Dragon Quest spinoffs for the Game Boy. Uh, drag- I would play Dragon Quest Monsters uh, again and again and again if I had the chance. Yep. I probably played that one more often than Pokemon during certain periods. Okay. Is uh, that one where, like, Pokemon, you try to raise creatures, or is that a fighting one? Both. Um, hmm. It has the same battle system as your normal Dragon Quest, except um, instead of having a party of humans, you have a party of monsters. Uh, hmm. The thing that hooked me is you. there's every, every enemy from the Dragon Quest series is available as a monster, and in the breeding system, you can you get a new monster based on which two you yeah. breed together, and you lose the previous monsters. Huh. Uh, so the new one is like strong enough that it makes it worth it. And the combinations and chains that you have to go down to get like Dragon Lord as one of your monsters is crazy. <laughs> that seems kind of fucked up. That's like having a Mister Mime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you can get the dragon form or the man form. Weird. Yeah. Good game. Good game. You can have both of them in the same party? I think so. Weird. Yeah, I think it takes place in some kind of weird dream universe. Who knows? Uh, It's also randomly generated dungeons, which makes it very replayable. Ugh, I hate that. I don't think that that. either. Yeah, no, No, not great, but, you know. That's why, even though I love the Persona series, I've never finished Persona 4, because randomly generated dungeons, it's just never good. I guess they were good in Diablo. Yeah, I get a weird feel from randomly generated dungeons or ones where they don't, like, fill in all the details very well, and it's a feeling like, oh no, nobody cares about me. <laughs> nobody cares about <laughs> me enjoying this game. <laughs> I have that feeling all the time. Yeah, I it's mean, yes, but in a game. <laughs> but in a game, I want to feel like, oh, they care about me enjoying it, and they gave me all the clues, and they left me these little pathways to follow, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, what did you do this week, Louisa? Uh, speaking of exactly that, nice. <laughs> I've been playing more of the game Tunic, which I know you guys have talked about, um, but I really like it. I only have been playing it uh, less than a week now, I think. Yeah, and love that game. the people who said it was like classic Zelda were spot on. It is so much like classic Zelda, and I really love that about it. I like how um, like spooky it is. See, yeah. that's the one thing I didn't like as much. Like when you, I just, sorry, that when you uh, figure out a way to visit the world at night, not just during the day, at night there's a weird like crackly, staticky music going on, and there's ghosts everywhere. I don't love that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, it does get so it gets creepy, um, but like the aesthetic is so consistent 
that That's I true. don't know. I kind of like it. I also like that it seems to go out of its way to differentiate itself from Zelda after seeming like a very obvious kind of <laughs> almost ripoff at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they do sure. a good job of incorporating the environmental storytelling that makes a game interesting and like generate theories mm-hmm. in a way that the, a lot of the Zelda games don't. I mean, I think that Zelda games do generate theories because they don't explain things very well, but yeah. this game is clearly intentionally sewing like mysteries so that there is space for people to be like, but who is that shopkeeper? How is that related to this? Like it clearly is, yeah. but he's a giant skeleton somehow. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a very lovely uh it's a very lovely little thing where it's like intentionally recreating the kind of uh childhood imagination spin out that we all did with Zelda which did not have all of that stuff in it but we got it from it anyway and i think jeff you might be a little slightly too young for this but it really ties into something of mine and matt's age which is really pouring over the yeah. instruction booklet like that was going to give you some insight and information into the world, which was never true when we were kids. Well, it was the only way to get graphics out of your games, <laughs> yeah. though, was you- that you had to project <laughs> the well-drawn yeah. things onto the pixels. You look at a little square blob of white and purple pixels, but then you look in the book and you find out that that's a little skeleton man with a sword, and it's very exciting. <laughs> Sometimes it was important, because that's the only way you would know, oh, this is a beetle with a shell, so I need to, like use a bomb on it or whatever mm-hmm. yes there but. there were important no sorry you said how to butt go go ahead <laughs> i do have a butt thank you thank you for validating me <laughs> Jeff. Do. I don't <laughs> about it. uh in this instruction booklet it's it's great you can zoom in and everything it looks exactly like uh, a classic nintendo games instruction booklet uh, you can see like the 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 shitty printing on the page if you get real close. I love that. And someone has made some notes. So you'll see a little map page, and then someone's used a ballpoint pen to draw a little arrow that goes off to the side. And as you're looking at this, you could be like, okay, this is the map, and this is what I need to do. But if you like take the time to look again, and you're like, oh no, someone did draw an arrow that goes into this cloud where there's nothing else on the map. And then you go there in the game, and you go where the arrow's pointing, and suddenly there's a secret path, and it's like, ah, oh, yes, this this is where someone's cared so much about me playing the game that they really have thought of every detail. Yes. And I think that, I mean, you said you don't like it, but that makes me even more like the mystery aspect of the game, that it's like, who did this, and why, mm-hmm. and how does that relate to, like... The thing that's so wild is that there are things in the game that reference things in the instruction booklet. So, like, Mm -hmm. within the universe of the game, they are aware of the controller. Yeah, it's weird. (laughs) I I do kind of like that. It's uh, yeah. it's basically the whole thing is basically an explicit reference to the original Zelda having a manual with like a partially filled in map, and mm. then one puzzle in Star Tropics requiring that you dip the yeah. manual in yeah. water. <laughs> uh, I remember that. That is like that. Manuals were a part of my childhood gaming, but uh, they weren't a useful part, except sort of in Pokemon, because it had, like, a partially filled-in Pokedex at the back of it. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but yeah, that's, I, I didn't have an NES, so I didn't get to experience the joy of like creating my own grid, uh, like graph paper Zelda map. Some of it seems, um, extra informative now, but I, it also makes me realize how things were in my childhood is, in this little guide, it'll mention an enemy and be like, oh, you know, you really need to block them with your shield to defeat them. And it's making me remember how uh, guides, when I was a kid, manuals would tell me stuff like that, and I just didn't pay attention and, like, didn't know <laughs> how to defeat the enemy, and it was so hard, and I could never get it. And now I'm like, oh, like, this is making me remember childhood stuff. I mean, like, the guide really did tell you the whole time, but you just didn't know because you were a kid. Part I remember many times playing games where it would be like, yeah, you need to use the shield or the hook shot to beat this enemy or whatever, but they didn't, like, that was the first time you'd heard of the hook yeah. shot? You're like, what the fuck is a hook shot? <laughs> where is that? How do I get that? Yeah. yeah. Even more complicated, some of the manuals were translated wrong and lied. Yes. I think that there's something in, I think in the first Zelda manual, it still keeps the, like, tip for defeating the rabbit enemy Pole's voice uh, that mm. you have to yell into the microphone on the second player controller, which is not available on the NES, but is built <laughs> into the Famicom. Um, oh man, that's so good. I don't I know how you do it. I don't know how you defeat that enemy in the American version. <laughs> I remember a YouTube video I watched once about um, Earthbound, Mother 3. The video Mother game. 2. 2. And how don't, many don't bring times... up Mother 3. We're going to get so many posts. <laughs> right? Yeah. Ugh, people are just going to be crying and weeping and rending their garments. <laughs> I can't believe they still haven't released Mother 3. It's <laughs> when insane. they do, you'll be so disappointed, though, to be honest. I've played it, because I you can pirate it. I've played it. It's fine, but it's wild oh, that man. they haven't released it. But uh, this YouTube video broke down how many times in that game a character would be like, oh, you know, maybe if you could get this door open, I bet there's something cool behind it. And you just couldn't get it open? Like, that wasn't part of the game? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, how fucked up is that? <laughs> oh, it's great, though. It's such a good joke. <laughs> I dipped back into Link's oh, Awakening man. a little bit, and that is, I think, the game that is closest to this experience for me, because every character you encounter is just r randomly babbling about, like, dream logic nonsense the entire game. And not yes. it all feels like a weird fever dream. I mean, on mm. purpose, but... Ah, love it. I love that about it. Uh, anyway, Tunic's great if you love um, Zelda games, and I love that it rewards you putting all the attention you would have put into the manual when you were a kid for a game that didn't reward that, but this one does. Like, you find out that you need to look at numbers, and numbers equals pages, and then, well, if numbers equals pages, and this is leading me to page 12, then something's gotta be on page 12 of the manual, and you're like, what? It's nothing, but as you focus and tell yourself it has to be something, you find it, and I love that. I yeah. There's one puzzle that if you don't find it in the manual, it's just not referenced anywhere in the world at all, uh -huh. um, and that puzzle really frustrated me, because I got to the end of the game, and I was about to finish the game, and I was like... It's weird that I'm still missing so many pages of the manual, mm. and it's because I hadn't done that puzzle line at all, but there's just no reference to it at all unless you read the the pages of the manual that haven't been referenced in the game at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I That's the one thing about it, yeah. 
I kind of liked that aspect a little bit, because... So, I don't know if I'm ever going to dip back in, but after I beat the game, I was like, ooh, I remember a, a video channel, on a YouTube channel I liked had a video where the guy was like, here's me solving a really big puzzle in Tunic that I'm not going to spoiler because without having played the game, you won't really know what's happening in it anyway. <laughs> um, uh-huh. And I went back and watched that video and was like, I don't recognize this area. Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen this puzzle. I did the yeah. whole game. I got like the good ending. I just I didn't go back and do like find all the 12 collectible secrets after or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's part of that. Jesus. You can't even unlock the 12 collectible secrets until you do the other the fairy puzzle, which is the one that's like not referenced anywhere. <laughs> I think I might yeah. have done that one too. I think it was different. I think if it was got, some advanced beyond ending, level. <laughs> If you got the good ending, you must have done the fairy puzzle, because there, there's one page of the manual that you can't get until you finish the fairy I see. puzzle. Okay. Yeah, I completed the manual. I remember that. Yeah. And there are a couple of ones that I've looked for hints online, and then, like, once I got a, a crumb of a hint, I've been like, okay, now I know what to do. Mm. But it made me think that getting that crumb, like, I never would have got it on my own. That's a little frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. The the whole Holy Cross thing yeah. requires a logical leap that isn't indicated anywhere or like it it requires a level of creative thinking that you because when you find the Holy Cross, you're like, okay, so I have to push buttons in this order and that unlocks the door. Mm-hmm. But then you find other things that look like the Holy Cross, but they don't open with that button combination, and that you're like, so what the fuck? What? And, you know, there is a solution to it, but you just have to come up with it on your own. And it feels weirdly out of joint with the rest of the puzzles in the game. I did. I figured all that out on my own. I've got a big brain, actually. <laughs> I mean, I, I eventually did, but I kept on being like, well, I guess there's another combination for that door that I haven't gotten yet all the way till the end. And then I was like, well, fuck, I guess I have to go back and figure this shit out now. Yeah. I do like um, the where there's, like you say, there's certain doors to open and there's a code that you put in and the door has the code for you there if you know what to do with it. And yeah. I did figure that out from the golden obelisk that's up on the mountain above the, mm-hmm. above the shrine. Oh, that was so exciting when it worked. Like just being <laughs> like, I should just try this and see if it works. And it did. Oh, yeah. great feeling. <laughs> I love that about this game. So there were many moments of that. There were frustrating moments where I felt like I never would have figured out the puzzle, but there were plenty of puzzles that I did figure out, and that felt great. Good job. The only area of the game that really feels very bad to me is the radiation mines. Oh, <laughs> I don't the know quarry? Yeah, the quarry, yeah. yeah. The quarry Just sucks. Just like... It sucks because there is an object that you can get that makes it so you're not constantly dying of radiation. Yes. But it's in the mines, and it's very hard to find. So you're exploring this area that's killing you, being like, I know there has to be a solution here. It fucking sucks. (laughs) Uh, I found that object without even trying. I don't know how, but when it's like, oh, you should should use this object to feel better, I'm like, oh yeah, I have that object. Great. (laughs) And um, I turned off um, uh, being able to die. And that has made my oh. experience so much better because I do not enjoy games where it's like you carefully time your button presses to make sure you don't get killed by this boss. I hate that. So I just don't have it on at all. No problem. 
Yeah. I turned off fine. dying for like two boss fights after losing a million times because I was so frustrated. Yeah. But it's good it has options to play either way. So Yeah. I um Anyway. Yeah. I I think there's a reason that game took me like thirty or forty hours. And it's because <laughs> yeah. I I am I guess patient about like it hooked me enough that I didn't get frustrated at those parts. Yeah, so um, I love the game. I am almost done. I I got a bad ending, and I'm like, okay, I know why I got that bad ending. So I'm working to get the better ending now. Yeah. And it, I didn't expect it to tie so much into the childhood feeling of playing games, which it did a great job of. So I love that about it. Wonderful game. Uh, I wonder if they'll be able to carry that forward into Tunic 2, which they have announced they're working on. Yeah. I wonder if they'll try to update it to to be like later versions of these types of games, or if they'll keep it the same level of... It'd be cool if they had an in-game, like, game facts forum. (laughs) That would be pretty good. (laughs) Like the next generation of the instruction booklet. The the game Anodyne is another, like, Zelda-like, and when they made Anodyne 2, it uh, completely updates to be sort of a take-on Ocarina of Time rather than just... Uh, the originals. So that's pretty that's cool. Fun. I think yeah. that's uh, an approach. Yep. Yeah. Uh, anyway, what did you do this week, Matt? Okay, I've got two quick things. Number one, I went to the movie theater for the first time in over what? a year, and I went to go see James Cameron's new masterpiece that's making all kinds of uh, hubbub at the box office. I'm, of course, talking about Titanic in 3D. Nice. How was it? <laughs> it's good. Like, uh, I I forgot that it's just a good movie because it's so memed on. Yeah. Like, but it's, the problem is, as I watched it now, I mean, I hadn't seen it since I was a young person, like a teenager, and then I saw it again, and I was like, this movie is succeeding in spite of the script, <laughs> not because of it. <laughs> yeah. Like, James Cameron is a very good director. I think that is probably true, but he is so bad at writing dialogue that it is shocking. <laughs> People say, like, oh, it's corny and everything, but it's like a movie in the classic Big M movie sense. Like, it works on all those levels, yeah. and I think it does great for that. It reminds me of the good old romantic comedies where there was so much chemistry between the leading man and the leading woman that you're like, even though this is in black and white, it's still immersing me in it. Yeah. Because you're just sucked in by their their chemistry. And for all that Leonardo DiCaprio looks like he's 11 years old in this movie, he and Kate Winslet have great chemistry so that you're like, yes, I I believe this love affair, even though they are both talking like aliens from the planet Gleep Glorp. (laughs) Yeah. And then he decided to just make a bunch of movies about aliens from the planet Gleep Glorp. Yeah, he was like, well, if I can only write dialogue for aliens, I guess I know where I have to go next. Oh, I just fig- I just learned just now that James Cameron is Canadian, so that explains all of it. Oh, yes. That is the planet Gleep Glorp. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a scene where um, Kate Winslet and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio are walking together for the first time on the deck of the ship. The the day after he saved her from committing suicide off the back of of the Titanic. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the dialogue, obviously I'm paraphrasing, I didn't write it down, but Kate Winslet's dialogue is, I'm 
thankful to you for saving me. I'm mad at you for being impertinent. You're rude, I'm leaving. No, you leave. What's that you're holding? Pictures. Can I look at those? You're a great artist. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) They gotta cram a lot of uh, dialogue into those dialogue scenes so they can have more CGI people falling off boat scenes later. It's true. And when we were driving home, Jen and I were talking about um, Billy Zane's character and how, (laughs) like... hilariously two-dimensional and angry he is yeah um but there were there are a bunch of moments where you're like oh well maybe this indicates that this is because of this other trauma this character has experienced or whatever there's like hidden depths to the character if you think about it but it's entirely billy zane's performance that's conveying that because the script has none of that Like, Uh, the scene where he's shooting a gun at them while they're running through the water, which is insane. There's just no reason for him to be doing that at all. But you do see him having, like, a psychotic episode, uh, and it's like, what about- what in his life before this made him feel like- pursuing them into the sinking ship was a good idea but you do feel like that character does need to do that for some reason but the script doesn't have anything for you there (laughs) uh yeah i can see how uh billy zane could get there because that's that uh, rich guy thing of nothing's ever not gone his way so when it doesn't he's like well time to get a gun and kill some people it's true but I feel like just that would lead to a character that is completely without nuance. But Billy Zane yeah. does provide a nuance where you're watching it and you're like, w- like this isn't just a... I mean, honestly, rich people in real life are less developed characters than this, I feel like. Yeah. Because you're watching it and you're like, there is some reason... There's some emotional need that he... Doesn't he, he isn't even aware that he has that is causing him to lash out like this, you know? Yeah. No, it's good. He does a good yeah. job. He is kind of underrated. Did he do Phantom after that? Yes. Did that, did that like, kill off his he career? He slammed evil for all of us, if you want to call. <laughs> I, uh, I, I think that the, like, wildly different response to James, Cam- James Cameron's very strange filmography is interesting, because... All of the things that you said about Titanic are true about pretty much all of his movies, where the script, (laughs) like, the plot, great. The dialogue, eh. The vibes, impeccable. You understand why the characters are doing what they're doing, even if the things they're saying are completely insane. I do not agree. (laughs) I have seen Avatar, and I did not feel that way about Avatar. I feel like the cast of Titanic make the movie work because they are all extremely good performers working with bad scripts whereas the cast of avatar other than like sigourney weaver are mostly like meat-faced nobodies (laughs) Mm. and when they are trying to sell me on any kind of emotional depth i'm like what what i don't understand what you're saying or why and you are boring to me yeah, well, that's I. It's that's what's interesting to me. Is it for some <laughs> people it works in some of his movies and not in others? Yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah. I mean, I will say I like Terminator Two. Yeah, that movie rocks. But you know what? It's got the mortal sin of action movies: child sidekick. The uh, child yeah. in that is not terrible. Yeah, he's like he's not good at acting. His dialogue All sucks. His dialogue but he's sucks. Not bad. But I like him. <laughs> 
Oh, weird. Um, yeah. Weird. Yeah. I mean, part of it is just like Billy Zane in Titanic. Arnold Schwarzenegger also has like an undefinable charisma that for some reason you're like I do like this guy. He delivers genuinely good performances as the Terminator. Like, well, because he doesn't. <laughs> there's no like. There's no emotional depth required for that role. I guess there's like a specific void of affect that he's very good at doing. Even though I'm yeah. sure in his normal life he's kind of affable and charming. Yeah, but like whenever I guess that's what I'm saying though. I feel like somebody who just does a no affect role without any like inherent charm can be very boring. But there's something about Arnold Schwarzenegger where even if you, even if he's delivering the worst dialogue in the clunkiest way, you're (laughs) like, I do like this guy though, (laughs) right? It's weird. It's it's a weird effect. Like when I saw that new Terminator that the alt right people didn't like, Dark Fate, Mm. I was like. Yeah, Arnold's doing a good job in this. It feels like the Terminator is back. It doesn't feel like it's just Arnold Schwarzenegger in a movie again. Yeah. Mm, That was pretty good. Uh, Anyway, the other thing that I've been doing the last couple of days is I've been playing the new video game about a group of uh, witches and wizards gathering together to fight against a dark lord. I'm, of course, talking about Final Fantasy Theatrhythm Final Bar Line. (laughs) Oh, man, what a title. I like... I like your two bait and switch uh, topics this week. That was very clever. And also, what kind of name name is this game? <laughs> I haven't even heard of it. It's a rhythm it's game called... based on Final Fantasy, right? Yeah, there's a, there's been three games in the series. It's called Final Fantasy Theatrhythm. That's oh, the, no. the name of the series. No. Yeah, it's not good. And this one is called Final Bar Line. I don't know why. Bar like uh, a ball- ballerina bar. Bar like a bar in music, oh, like okay. Okay. the final bar of a sheet music. So you don't dance. No, okay. um, it is. You, you can are, dance if you want to. Yeah. What about if my friends? you don't have a hat on? <laughs> <laughs> um, if you so the, the game is just the soundtrack to all of the different Final Fantasy games, uh-huh. uh, and you click the button, the various button combinations in rhythm with the music. But what's fun is. You get a um, little, like, key at the beginning, and you can choose one Final Fantasy game to unlock. And then as you play through that, you have access to the characters from that game, and your rhythm button hitting makes them fight through the game. (laughs) So it's like a little encapsulated sort of summary of the plot of the game as you're playing through the soundtrack. uh, And you unlock more characters from that game, and eventually you get keys to open other games so you can put together a part. Right now my party is uh, Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII, uh, Rosa from Final Fantasy IV, uh, Ramza from Final Fantasy Tactics, and... Uh, who's Fat the other Chocobo. one? That's the only one I want to be. Sora. <laughs> Fat Chocobo. No. Um, but yeah, you can unlock all of these different characters. You can put them in a party together, and like, there's little quests for each song where you're trying to defeat Kefka before the end of the song. So Uh-oh, you have to bad news. have you have to have <laughs> strong enough characters to be able to do enough damage with each correct button push to actually kill him. Huh. Um. It's great. It's really good. I, I've played all of the Theatrhythm games, and this one is the same, <laughs> but <laughs> on Switch instead of on my Game Boy, so that means I can play it. Pretty good. Um, it's great. I I love these games. I've 
I mean, it's mostly just because the music from Final Fantasy games is so good. Yes! But they've done a very good job of, in in the early Final Fantasy games, like 1 and 2, recreating the 8-bit sound. Oh, that's, that's great. Which is good. So you can play, like, the orchestral version of the song or the uh, original 8-bit version of the song. And it's so good. Yep. In... So. In the game Animal Crossing, you can customize your town's song. You get, like, ten notes or something. Not very many. But mm-hmm. I had it be the opening of the Chocobo music from Final Fantasy, and I oh, fucking yes. never got tired of it. And you hear that little set of notes every time you go in and out of a building, and I loved it every time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all of this is a credit to the music in all the Final Fantasy games. Kick ass. They are so good. And, like playing through the battle victory music in all the different oh, games and yes. hear, hearing how different they are. It's really exciting. The game's only 40 bucks, I think, and, like, I mean, it'll probably come down in price eventually, but it, it's great. And what I think maybe the reason this one's called Final Bar Line is because they've already announced that they're going to be doing a lot of DLC for it. Okay. So in the game, you can play... I think the soundtrack of every game ever released that has the words Final Fantasy in the title. Hmm. And then for DLC, you can get um, the Saga games. Uh, uh, or there's another DLC pack for the Chrono games. Yeah. And there's another one for the Xenogears games. Um, they're not all out yet. They're They're still releasing all those DLCs, but... I'm so excited for getting the DLC for Chrono Trigger and the yes. DLC for Xenogears and, like, all of these Square Enix RPGs that I loved when I was a kid and the soundtracks still evoke memories. I mean, we're we're getting very nostalgia gamey yeah, in this <laughs> intro, but um, it it's great. Uh, I The only downside is I usually like to play video games while I'm like watching TV or listening to podcasts, and obviously you can't do that because you have to hear the music, but uh, if you like rhythm games at all, and you have any memories of Final Fantasy music, you have to play these games. Well, I guess this game, because the other ones are on obsolete hardware. So <laughs> just play this game. It's great. I highly, highly recommend that's pretty good. Do you get to suplex a train is my main question. I haven't yet, hmm, but okay. maybe, Howard. probably, okay. That's good they enough. do right. a lot of that kind of stuff. Pretty good. I would. I've. I have not put uh, Sabin into my party at any point because the first game that I, they make you start on one of the easier soundtrack games so that you can warm up. So the first game I played was Final Fantasy VII. Uh, and once I finished that and unlocked Sephiroth, I was like, I never need to have another fighter. <laughs> it has to be Sephiroth every time, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But Sephiroth's a bad guy, Matt. Yeah, well, you know. Don't so. you feel slightly evil playing as a bad guy? I mean, I for for a minute there, I was contemplating having it be an all bad guy party of yeah, Sephiroth, Kefka, Golbez, and. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, Al- Albus, whatever the guy from uh, Final Fantasy Tactics is called, the Ghost but, uh, Train. Yeah, that's <laughs> but that's really tough because Kefka <laughs> doesn't even have like an understandable motivation. He's just the Joker. Yep, he's um, the One Wing Angel, right? Who's the no, One Wing Angel? No, Sephiroth. Sephiroth is the One Wing uh, Angel. Go. Sephiroth okay. is an eco terrorist of some kind who is doing all this uh, stuff for like good reasons. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that Kefka is fun because his final one of the great things about this game is that you get to see the titles of all of the songs from the soundtracks that you maybe haven't mm. seen before. Yeah, and Kefka's theme is called "Dancing Mad." <laughs> Love <laughs> That's it. Good. It is good. Um, and of course, when you unlock Celeste's theme, and it's that opera from the Opera House, oh, and you're God. like, "Oh, it's so good." <laughs> Anyway, the reason I didn't do an all bad guys party is because you really need a healer in your party to get through some of them, and there's never been a healer villain in Damn. Final Fantasy. Damn. I mean, Maybe you could become no, the mind. first healer villain. What does that even mean? You could you could take that job. They're hiring for Me, Final Fantasy Me, Matt, 16. become a villain in a Final Fantasy game? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Mm-hmm. No How? way! You don't have enough like, jackets with tassels on them. I could buy a lot of crystals on Amazon. I bet. Now, <laughs> well, see, there you're already not thinking correctly. You want to steal the crystals from a medieval king of some from type. Amazon. <laughs> I want to steal the crystals from Amazon's uh, yeah, a tribe of warrior women. Exactly. Yeah. There you Who go. Who inexplicably have like steampunk technology for some reason. Yep. <laughs> no, no, they just worship fantasy. the crystals as gods. <laughs> okay. Because they're so backwards and stupid compared to our green-haired protagonists. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they wear fur bikinis, right? So uh-huh. you can have some good uh, art of them. Of course. And mm-hmm. inexplicably, a prehensile uh, tail <laughs> is attached to the back of it for some reason. Yeah. The only game that has prehensile tails, they do explicable it a lot, actually. <laughs> In Final Fantasy IX, there's a whole plotline about why, um, what's-his-face, Zidane has a tail. Yeah, but He's Ayla, like a monkey boy Ayla or something, right? Or a cat trigger, boy? I don't know why. I mean, yeah. he looks kind of like a monkey boy, but he's actually a genetically engineered life form from another planet. Oh, yeah, God. he's a, he's a Saiyan. He and the bad guy in that game are both basically just, um, Kakarot from Dragon Ball Z. They were sent to Earth to conquer it. But then he lost his memory, and then he became the protector of Earth. Uh, that's fine. <clears throat> yeah. So anyway, Jeff, what did you do this week? Uh, I made uh, either the best decision or a terrible mistake Uh-oh. in anticipation of The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, releasing yes. in May of this year. Uh, I saw on the Switch eShop that I could get... Breath of the Wild and the DLC for less than the price of just the base game because it was all on sale. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it because I want to play Breath of the Wild and I <laughs> uh, am more likely to do so on the Switch than on the Wii U. Uh, yeah, Jeff, you were the one person on Earth that bought Breath of the Wild on the Wii U. Is that right? Yeah, because I didn't have a Switch and I was like broke. So I wanted to yeah. play it right away. Um, yeah. Yep. I really love that the fact that Tears of the Kingdom has been announced and like it's it's on track just a few months away. They've decided that Breath of the Wild is now trash and they're just going to put it on the eShop for like practically nothing. So that means a lot of people who I know who never bothered playing it originally are playing it now, which is very fun. Yeah, Nintendo doesn't really do deep discounts. So yeah, the fact that this was did. like a third off or something was like... Uh, it's never going to get cheaper. I think I'm going to rebuy it so I can play play through master mode and have a good time uh, getting my ass absolutely whooped by the most basic <laughs> enemies in the game. Oh man, I, such a good game. I, I also have been considering 
doing that, like going back and playing Breath of the Wild again to warm up, but I worry that I'm going to do the opposite and get tired of it before the new game comes out. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the part of the reason why I'm doing Master Mode is because it's so much harder that it doesn't ever become boring because an encounter with two Bokoblins is like a life or death situation because like <laughs> that feels like it would become boring if you got killed by bokoblins every 15 seconds right but like if you are careful and clever you can survive these encounters mm-hmm. um and there's like way better rewards if you they they added a but for master mode there's a bunch of platforms held up by the yeah. like octo rock balloons all around I love um, that weird bullshit. Yeah. Uh, and the treasures on those floating platforms are insanely good. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, on the Great Plateau, before I had even gotten all of the uh, the runes, I got a sword that was had a power of 44 compared to the best sword I had found so far, a rusty broadsword with a power of 10. <laughs> uh so it was like i went a little bit out of my way and like had to kind of strategize and then i got this super powerful sword that could finally mow down some uh book very easy yeah uh, i really love that part of the dlc sneaking around because that was my favorite thing to do in the game anyway yeah so like watching the goblins talk to each other from like behind a rock and trying to sneak up and figure out when you can pick one off oh i love that I do find it a little disturbing how much Nintendo, like, called out those perversions in the trailer (laughs) for Tears of the Kingdom, though. Because so much of the beginning of the trailer is just that, seeing these Bokoblins, like, doing mining or yelling at each other. Yeah. (laughs) It's so good. This world that I want to live in, just like people go nuts about Pandora. Yep. Yep. I, yeah, I, oh yeah, that was the other thing. I also got a giant tattoo of Hyrule <laughs> on my back. No, it's just oh, like. Oh, is it a clue? Is it a map with a clue? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yep. I, uh, the way my body fell in the museum where I died, my arms are pointing <laughs> as if they're hands of a clock. Very good. Um, and anyway. Link had a son. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Breath of the Wild is great. It's just. The best goddamn yeah. video game. It's so good. It's yes. so fun. It's so nice. And I... I'm so scared about I this know. new one. I, I'm not at all. the same, that's fine, you know? Yeah. Jeff, you and I had this conversation in the Discord, uh-huh. and I, like, I want to be wrong, but I'm so worried that this building a car mechanic is going to fucking ruin this game. It might be nothing, though, honestly. Yeah. I hope I hope it is, or it's just like a fun add-on you can ignore, but Zelda series has burned me before where they add a mechanic and it's like, this sucks and I have to do it every, every <laughs> fucking dungeon. I'm anticipating that because this sequel started life as ideas for a really big expansion for Breath of the Wild, that it will follow the same design philosophy of everything is optional. You don't have yeah. to do any of it. <laughs> you do have to have a crush on that one merman uh, prince who's so hot that everyone loves. Prince Sedan. <sighs> yep. Yep. I didn't like or that, that weird furry bird man that Louisa's got I a do crush like on. that one, yeah. <laughs> I forget <laughs> his name. Rivali? No, uh, Rivali's the old one. Ta- oh, the- Taba. 
Teba. Yeah. yeah, the the modern one you like better. Yeah, Rivali absolutely sucks. <laughs> yeah, Rivali is a um uh what what do you call like a himbo? <laughs> Not he even. He's like a villain though. He's the voice acting on him. God damn it. I hate it so People- much. I saw people tweeting that the voice we all are presuming is Ganondorf in the trailer is uh, mm-hmm. Matt Mercer from Critical Role. Okay, he's a voiceover guy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah that's, that's still weird that, like, there's nobody famous in Breath of the Wild. Eh. I mean, Matt Mercer is barely famous. Yeah. Right, but he's the type of famous that you don't expect Nintendo to interact with. So how, guess, why do know. people assume that this is his voice? Uh, supposedly, people are were assuming it was his voice because it sounded just like him. I wouldn't know because I don't listen to Critical Role or watch. I think you have to watch it. That's why I don't interact with Critical yeah, Role. Yeah, I don't interact with it either, but I have heard Matt Mercer doing voices, and he does a lot of voices that are just generic fantasy character voices, so... Mm, I don't know. I feel like it sounds like him is not a great endorsement since it's obviously sounding like him doing a voice and lots of people do voices that sound the same. Yeah, I wonder if we've if we've solved the mystery yet. I never know who video game voice people are, but every time I look one up, they're like, this is a person who does the main guy in Halo and also they do the mm-hmm. main guy in The Last of Us and also they do the main guy in this game. I'm like, I don't I don't know who this person is, but I guess they're And it's always like, famous. acting credits two, voice <laughs> acting credits 750 in the last three years. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the last time I cared about a voice actor in a Zelda game was uh, when the adult Link in Ocarina of Time had a very recognizable voiceover from a bunch of other video games and anime. <laughs> Like huh. I was just if you if you play Fatal Fury or King of Fighters, Joe Higashi has the same voice. He just <laughs> like right. a couple Japanese voices for animes, but I don't really watch subs mm. over dubs. So, uh, but I can't imagine them casting someone like a a name, even if it's a name for like a small subset of people. It's weird, right? See, that's weird to you, but to me, if you told me that several of the voices in Breath of the Wild were actually very famous voice actors, I would have been like, yeah, I guess. They're not. I've looked them up to be like, <laughs> what's up with the voice acting in this game? They're, they are like are pretty much only credited for Breath of the Wild and stuff I've never heard of. See, that's another thing. People say the voice acting in Breath of the Wild is so incredibly bad. Like, I've seen a lot of people really get angry about it's this. Adequate. It sounds like fucking every video game to yeah. me. I don't know why it's bad. I also feel like this loses its punch to me because... In the modern era, I feel like everything now is cast with people that I don't really care about and don't know about, but who are hugely famous on TikTok or YouTube or something. Uh-huh. So, like, other people are like, oh, it's Jojo Siwa, and I'm like, okay, cool, <laughs> I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. if you told me that Jojo Siwa was doing the voice of Zelda in the new game, I would have no more information about what Zelda will sound like than I do now. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And, like... I just found out yesterday the guy who plays uh, the husband on the BBC Ghosts, who is uh, going to be on the next season of Taskmaster. Do you guys know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Mike. Ghosts. I don't know his real name. Yeah, his name is Mike on the show. His real name is like Kay- 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 Kaylee or something. I don't know. It's it's a 
It's a name that I'm not familiar I'm on, with. But anyway. I'm still on the season of Taskmaster with Charlotte Ritchie from Ghosts. So. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. her husband on Ghosts. Great. Um, he is going to be on the next season of Taskmaster. I just found out that before being cast on Ghosts, he hadn't done any film acting, but he had a YouTube channel with more fo- four times more followers than the population of Britain. <laughs> That's wild. Was yeah, he, I think Florence Pugh was like a very small time YouTube musician before becoming an extremely famous actor. Really? Yeah. Oh, she's so good though. Yeah. Is she? Um, Do we like Florence she's Pugh? She's great in oh, yeah, the no, she's in. She's an absolutely uh Louise, an absolutely you don't think wonderful Florence Pugh is good? Her voice sounds like a bag of gravel being poured down the stairs, and I cannot sure. stand to listen to her. Oh, no, okay, I don't but mind she's a that. good actress regardless of if you find her voice annoying. I don't know. Is she? A part of it is that you refuse to watch most of the movies she's in. Yeah, a bunch yeah, of them are too scary. Yeah, but I saw Little Women, and I did not think she was good in that. Oh, really? I thought she was alright. Mm. Oh, yeah, you didn't like that Little Women, though, right? Because it kind of told the oh, story weird. Timothy Chalamet sucks real bad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of yeah. reasons, yes. But I also That's didn't fair. think she did a very good job, so. Uh, I think she's great in Midsummer. Yeah, okay. that movie's great. I like her in Black Widow as uh, Black Widow's little sister or whatever <laughs> i did i did feel like her reprisal of that role in hawkeye was a little um like like what's the, lazy yeah. i guess uh, a like, lot of them the joke was that lazy. she wasn't yeah that's true the joke was that she wasn't afraid in situations where normal people would be afraid and then they just kept doing that joke forever and that's at least consistent uh i i have I have probably fewer problems with the Marvel things than most people, but the inconsistent Ooh. characterization to get jokes uh, bugs me a bunch. Like, mm-hmm. Drax, when they encountered him, he was like, oh yeah, he doesn't understand figurative language. And then that happens once, and at no point ever again does, is that brought up. He's just like a dumb guy. Yeah. He, like, uses yeah, and understands figurative language throughout the entire rest of his appearances. It is weird how they themselves will be like, Drax isn't dumb, he just doesn't understand this way of speaking. And then immediately they're like, we can't think of any jokes about that, so we're just gonna make him dumb instead. Yeah, very yeah. strange. At least with, like, with Yelena being, uh... Like a uh, fish out of water, they stay consistent mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Anyway, I'm looking anyway, forward. The to new f- Thunderbolts movie is probably going to be bad. Yeah, right? probably. I'm looking forward to yeah. Florence Pugh mm-hmm. as Princess Irulan in Dune Part Two, though. Okay. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Unless we see Timothy Chalamet turn into a giant worm monster, I'm not interested. That's in a Dune different Dune. guy. I know it's his <laughs> son, but still. <laughs> Wait, is Timothy Chalamet's character in Dune? Paul Dune. Is his yeah. love interest uh, Florence Pugh? No, it's Zendaya. Yeah, his, okay. love, his, his love is... Because he marries Florence Pugh in Little Women. Spoiler alert. Uh, his, his... Yes, and he's married <laughs> to Florence Pugh in Don't Worry, Darling. No, that's Harry Styles or one yeah. of the other One Directions, right? Oh, is it? Okay. Timothy Chalamet yeah. is not one of the One Directions, Louisa. Well, he could be. You could just slip him right in there and no one would know. <laughs> He's American. <laughs> yeah, no one would notice. To be fair, I did for a while think he was French, uh, but that still doesn't <laughs> qualify him to be in One Direction. Oh, uh, man. Anyway, I'm, uh, yeah, it's complicated. The, there are uh, people within the- She wasn't in the It's Complicated. Ah, I get it. Nice. 
Uh, there are people within the, the Duneverse who would like for Florence Pugh and Timothy Chalamet to be a couple. Oh, okay. Create a very powerful alliance in the in the galaxy and make the spice trade mm-hmm. more profitable. There's a disturbance mm-hmm. in the forests. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> What's the show? Shall we get into the show? Yeah. Uh, so on this show, we go to the WikiHow suggested articles page and we put in a random word so we can see a list of articles people have requested related to that word, and then we give people advice about those things. And today's word is hope. Hooray! When I first got hope on the random word generator, I'm not going to lie, I spent a good 10 seconds being like, is this going to be too depressing for me to even read to see (laughs) if it's worth us doing an episode about? Um, But it's not. It's It's A lot of it is about orthopedic surgery. (laughs) I really like the one that is only on this list because it's incorrect, which is how to cut pictures in Photoshop. (laughs) (laughs) That's extremely good. That's just, what a delight. I also like that it's uh, clearly they don't know know how to use Photoshop, how to cut pictures in Photoshop, because I guarantee whatever program you're using, if it lets you do such a thing, it has a little icon shaped like a pair of scissors, and you use that. That's what you do. Just hit Control C. It cuts everywhere. <laughs> Actually, I guess that's copy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Is there a Control cut? X? What is it? X. Control X. Yes. Nice. Control Matt. X. Come on, always Matt. copy cuts. Get him. Taking away your 90s kid card. <laughs> yep. Um, I also like how there's several things on here. How to fill a hope chest. How to revive the hope chest. Mm-hmm. All right, Pandora. People don't <laughs> use, like, the reason people don't use hope chests anymore is because young women can move out and live on their own without getting married now. Yeah. Why would you want to revive that i guess you could revive it by making it illegal for women to live on their own is that what we're going for uh the trouble also is the idea is you sew your own clothes so you fill your hope chest with beautiful things a wedding dress also usually that Mm -hmm. you've spent many many hours making so that you have them when you're an independent married woman but you don't wear clothes like that anymore so that doesn't make any sense yeah also, I've just now learned that in Australia they call the hope chest a glory box. No! Whoa, no, that's different. <laughs> that's that's a different thing, thing that uh, pin, Pinhead you just brings needs to you. To cut a hole in the that. lid of your hope chest and then lay out, lay down in there. <laughs> oh, you figure out the lament configuration in the glory box. Uh huh. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> um. So anyway, how to? Uh, there's. Hmm, go ahead. I was going to say, there's one on here called how, that says how to make orthopedic shoes, and I oh, feel no. like if you're making your own, if DIY orthopedic shoes seems like the worst idea you could have, right? How about this? You buy shoes that are like five sizes too big, and mm-hmm. then you buy one of those memory foam pillows. You just need the Ooh, pillow. Those this. are like 20 bucks, so yeah. there's an investment there, but not much. And then you cut out shoe insert shapes from the memory foam and put those in the shoes. Mm-hmm. How about that? What if you need one of those orthopedic shoes that, like, really fucks, like, fucking beats the shit out of your feet, though? You know what I mean? Like, no. instead of one, <laughs> one that's, like, supporting all over your bottom of your foot, you need one of those ones that, like, bends your foot up at a weird angle to stretch uh, out your calves or whatever. Right. I like how many of these are about orthopedic because it has the word hope right in the middle. I also like that four of them are about Bob Hope. Mm. 
cel- dead. How to celebrate Bob Hope Day, how to advertise at the Bob Hope Chrysler Classic, how to attend <laughs> the Bob Hope Chrysler Classic, how to join the Bob Hope Chrysler Classic Club. See, I get that. That's an ongoing concern about golf, but how to celebrate Bob Hope Day? Who gives a shit? What are you talking Is about? Is there a Bob Hope Day? Yeah, I mean, there must be, I guess. All I know about Bob Hope is that he's a guy that did old man comedy and he played golf. Mm-hmm. And is there anything else I know about him? He did a lot of USO shows, right? I yeah. Was that him? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I constantly mixed up Bob Hope and Bob Newhart. Bob Newhart is inexplicably <laughs> still alive. They're like a full <laughs> generation apart in age. Yeah. Yeah. But they were grandpa stuff when I was a kid, so mm, they were fair, the same thing. Enough. True. Bob Bob Newhart did play the um, anxiety-ridden mouse in The Rescuers, right? Was that him? I don't remember. God, he's so old. He's 93. <laughs> he looks like he's melting. <laughs> Stop! You're not celebrating Bob Newhart Day by slagging off Bob Newhart. You're supposed to be celebrating Bob Hope Day. By slagging off Bob Hope. Yeah. <laughs> he only had I mean probably anyone who was jokes. that supportive of the American military sucked, right? God, he yeah. he was one I was right. Bob Newhart was the voice of the anxiety-ridden nice. mouse in oh, okay. The Rescuers. I I'm so proud of myself. Bob Hope lived to age 100. That's crazy. Bernard. Mm, Bernard, yes. Bernard and Bianca. They're the main Bob characters, Newhart right? And Ava Gabor, huh? They're the main ones, right? The main yeah. two. Yes, the main two mice. I I liked The Rescuers a lot as a kid. I think yeah, I watched. I watch those again. I think I feel like I watched the Rescuers Down Under more because I don't know. I was a weird kid. Yeah, there's that giant eagle for no reason. Like maybe those exist in Australia. Yeah. Recently, oh I was watching something. I don't remember what, but we were talking about how how like how many bad families there were in Disney movies in general, where like yeah. I, the dad was just dead or missing or whatever. Um, and the rescuers came up and Jen hadn't really watched it much as a kid. So I was trying to explain that there is a loving couple, the main two, but they don't have a fit at like any children. And it's a big plot point in the second one that they can't have children because it's the reason why Bernard is worried that Bianca is going to have an affair with the Australian, like Bushman guy that they run into or whatever. Arranged. Uh-huh. And, the more I explained it, the more it sounded like I was making it up. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like at the time, they're like, well, any adult characters need to have adult problems around this child's adventure. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, You're I think wrong. is probably good, right? Probably better than just being like every adult character in a kid's movie has to have a farting disease or whatever. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, that's true. I like the idea of children's media being like, like the main child character in the rescuers like there there is a human child who is kind of like in a situation that is beyond her capability to deal with like yeah. that paired with competent adults who are setting aside their problems to help the child i think is a good like setup yeah, yeah i feel i feel like in a lot of disney movies they really undercut the animal characters by making them not be like responsible adults mm-hmm. i appreciate that in the rescuers the mice show up and they're like yes we are mice but we do have a 401k <laughs> like we do our taxes we understand how the world works so we are going to take care of this situation yeah yeah it's nice did you know that uh the villain in the rescuers was going to be cruella de Vil originally 
Huh, that would have made more sense, probably. Yeah, they mm. kind of made her look like Corella DeVille. They, yeah, just, they, they kind of changed it last minute because one of the producers was like, no, absolutely not. Corella DeVille looks <laughs> really great in that other movie. We don't, we're not going to try to recreate that. Is she in some way collecting animals in The Rescuers that I don't remember? She's I think she's just gems. collecting children, right? She has crocodiles and might have something yeah. made of, like, croc leather. She, oh, yes, that's right. But she loves those crocodiles. She they call, she calls them her babies, right? She collects children to work in her gem mines because she's trying to yes. mine old pirate treasure from under the bayou somehow, I think. No, that's right. Rescuers Down Under. You're getting into that Ooh. territory now. No, the bayou no, in the is... the first one. The first one's yeah. in the bayou. Yeah. Wait, they're both in... <laughs> no, Down Under's in Australia. Yeah, the second there's one's no, in Yes, I understand no. that, but it's still a swamp. Like, no, it does happen no, no. in a swamp also. No, that one has a giant eagle that flies over canyons. And yes, we all know stuff. about the eagle. Well, the first one has a giant seagull that they fly on. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. there is a seagull. But- what, is yeah. he giant though? Does he fly that child away? He's, I don't think he's, so. He's he's regular no, size. He's not big enough for a human to ride on. Yeah, unlike the eagle. Right. I think there's no way there's an eagle on Earth that a child yeah, can ride. That's what on. I'm saying. Uh, they unless crossed they're over in, like, to fucking, Mordor. <laughs> yes, Middle Earth. It looks here like the eagle is simply uh, carrying a rope that the child is holding on to. Is that also implausible? That's more implausible, I think. <laughs> really? Unless I'm having a Mandela yes. effect, I believe that there's a scene of that little boy flying on the back of the eagle at some point. Yeah, I don't remember. Boy? I thought it was a girl. It's a girl, no, in, the a girl first in the first one. Her name's one. Penny. Okay. Yeah, that's probably part of um, why I watched. I like why I had the first one at all was yeah, because my mom's name this. is Penny. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what if Penny met a dinosaur? Yeah. Who knows what would That's something fucked up about kids' movies that you don't see anymore that we saw so much of in our childhoods, which is mean adults could kidnap you as a child and make you do some kind of child labor, and it would seem like no one could help you, but thanks to movie magic, you would get helped. But it's like, that's such a terrible thing to think about when you're a child. I I know that mice aren't going to actually come rescue me. (laughs) Yeah, and I know that the the, uh, things that people get kidnapped to do are not usually like exciting pirate treasure adventures. (laughs) Do you think there was a kid out there who was like, I would like to get some gemstones though. Yeah. What were we talking about? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. The rescuers, Bob Hope Speaking of gemstones, how do you see the Hope Diamond up close? Mm, Very Uh, carefully. Isn't it still in um... (laughs) The Smithsonian? Smithsonian, yeah. We saw it at the Smithsonian, I think. Yeah. Matt, you can do this. Uh, how to earn easy skill points in Star Ocean The Last Hope. Mm. Okay, so, all of the Star Ocean games, the main thing you need to do is you need to get your main character to have whatever the move is that pops an enemy up into the air, and then you can juggle them for a long time. Then you go to the place where there's enemies that have a billion hit points, and then you just juggle the enemy until they die, and then you get a ton of star po- uh, skill points. That's worked in every Star Ocean game I've ever played. I haven't played the most recent one, but The Last Hope is not the most recent one, and I have played that, and it does work. Excellent. Well, that's, that's too actually, informative. That, I, that's I, actual advice. I was basically just guessing that you would know uh, the <laughs> trick there, but you did know. Excellent. It's true. 
Star Ocean games are pretty good. Maybe. <laughs> Somewhat good. <laughs> Similarly, maybe you could uh, help us spend the perfect weekend in New Hope, Pennsylvania. Ah, well, first thing you need to do is you need to uh, get an Airbnb somewhere in the downtown area so you can walk everywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then there's like a little like food court where they have experimental. um, It's like starter food court for people who want to start a chain. So there's like one off little booths for like, oh, here's where you can get. I'm experimenting with starting up a little pie shop. Try this like pilot program for little pies oh it's so good so go there uh and then just walk up and down the strip there's lots of fun little um like artist enclaves and stuff little cafes nice yep and you can walk all the way across the bridge to new jersey to lambertville it's true and lambertville has a lot of good antiquing if you like antiquing Mm -hmm. good job everyone (laughs) how to avoid malpractice liability as an orthopedist don't. Orthopedist is the bones one, not the teeth one, right? It's yes. the feet one, I believe. No. Oh. Foot bones. That's podiatrist. But orthopedist think, is foot bones. I think it's just all your bones. Yeah, orthopedist is all your bones. Mm, you have to a skeleton up. doctor. Why would you not want to be called a skeleton <laughs> doctor instead of an orthopedist? Skeleton doctor is a doctor who is a skeleton. It's different. Oh, yes, of course, Jeff. You're absolutely right. I, as soon as I said it, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. How would you differentiate between a doctor who is a skeleton and a doctor mm-hmm. who works on skeletons? Mm-hmm. Now, what if you're an, a skeleton doctor who is an orthopedist? That, I mean, that would make sense, actually. That's why most OBGYNs are women, you know? Is that true? Wait, are you saying you have to have bones to be an orthopedist? I mean, you certainly do. Yeah, you absolutely <laughs> There's no do. debate about that. You have to that. have bones to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that if you were just bones, mm-hmm. you probably would be drawn to the orthopedic field. Okay. Dr. Bones of some kind. Like a real Star Trek Dr. Bones. Mm-hmm. He's dead, exactly. Jim. I'm a doctor, <laughs> not a miracle worker. Yeah. He knew all those things because he was a bone doctor. I was trying to remember the name of the guy who played Bones in the recent Star Trek movies. Carl Urban. Carl Urban. Carl Urban. I was about to, I was going to make a joke about being sad that Carl Urban was dead, Jim. <laughs> but he's not. But I couldn't remember his fucking name. <laughs> no, I know. I was going to be like, oh my God, he Carl Urban died when oh, you said I he's see. dead, Jim. Pretty see? Good. That's what I was going to do. I see. Yeah, that yeah, is very good. Man, the yeah. cast of that. Kind of middling Star Trek reboot series of movies was really stacked, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I just saw the trailer for the new Dungeons and Dragons movie with Chris Pine. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a good bad movie, you guys. Yeah, we talked it, about that last week. I think it might be I, regular I'm good. I don't think it's going to be good, but I do think it's going to be a funny kind of bad. I think it will be enjoyable on its own merits, primarily. I agree with that, but I don't think, I guess what, I guess you're right that I don't think it's trying to be a good movie. It's, whatever it's trying to do, I think it will succeed at. Let's say that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Which, which means that it's just good, right? Uh, Let's get into it here an hour and a half into the podcast. Let's define (laughs) good and bad art. I do like how that sexy, uh, uh, Earl or whatever from Bridgerton is in there as a paladin. Yeah, that was good. The Duke, the Duke. That's right. He's the Duke. Yeah. That guy's that guy's hot. I hope he is shirtless through most of the movie. <laughs> Fun. Burp. Sorry. Okay. Well, that yeah. Jeff just burped on Mike, so maybe oh, that's no. the end of the episode. I don't even know why that never happens on Mike. 
Yeah, you should uh, you should turn away at the very least. <laughs> I didn't expect or it. Or not say the word burp as your burp. <laughs> it just kind of happened. Uh-huh, <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. Didn't anticipate it. What is Only Hope? Play Only Hope. Oh, on the piano. Mm. Is it a song? I don't know it. Ha. Who can say what the something? <laughs> That's only time. That's different. Only hope. Oh, oh. yeah, the en- Enya hit only hope. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> this is the thing I decide to get really mad about for some reason. <laughs> I will. I'm happy to entertain inaccuracies about the living status of Carl Urban, but mm-hmm. I draw the line at getting the names of Enya songs wrong. <laughs> How do you bleed hope brakes? What does that mean? Hope seems to be a brand of bicycle or motorcycle hand brakes. Um, Should you be bleeding them? That seems bad. Yeah, you want to bleed your brakes when you're changing the brake fluid. Blech. Why do Are bikes we getting too good at giving advice, you guys? Yeah, yes. we we between the three of us, we know everything. So <laughs> we maybe no, that's definitely not true. We don't <laughs> yeah, know anything about there. Bob Hope Day. <laughs> For a second there, you were about to agree with that, though. I could hear it. Yeah, like that I do think that the insane the thing us, I said, you were going to be like, yeah, that is true. <laughs> I do think between the three of us, we could give genuine advice on a lot of topics, like maybe uh-huh. more than than you would expect. But I also think that there are big blind spots, like how to apply for a Hope Scholarship. Yeah. Like, none um, of us can give hope. advice about that. You gotta have hope, first of all. <laughs> Is the Hope Scholarship something, some Christian thing? It sounds like a Christian thing. Do I need to be Christian? Yeah, definitely. <sighs> well, anyway, thanks everyone for listening to the show. <laughs> yeah, good, finally. <laughs> were you guys, I felt like you guys were really trying to stall me out towards the end. Yeah. There, just <laughs> leaving long silences. I drank so much iced tea, I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Well, thanks everyone for listening to the show. If you liked it, please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice, and please tell your friends about the show so we can continue to grow. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod, or you can message us on uh, Macedon to get an invite to our Discord. Uh, I've been talking to some folks on Discord lately about uh, video game recommendations, which I give all the time on the show, and uh, I'm always happy to discuss that with, with our fans, so... Yeah, if you want to join that, please just message us. I'm on Mastodon at Matt Heron at Mastodon.online. I'm nowhere, and you can't find me. WeaponizedLanguage.com. But if you do find him, you get a million dollars. Yeah, I'll give you my pot of yeah. gold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very good. All right, you can talk to me on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. All right, thanks everyone for listening to the show. Please come back next week, but in the meantime, don't forget that everything I've said is correct. I don't know if people are into it. I'm the best around!